0: And welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. My text is going to be Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. So you can put, uh, you know, put a little, put, you know, open it up, put a finger there in the Bible, mark the place. Um, Sister Charlotte, you can have that ready, but we're not ready to go into it quite yet. I want to kind of. Talk a little bit about the passage of scripture that we're going to get into today. And I hope that I can help you. I hope that God can help you through, uh, through us and through the preaching of his word. I know that he can. Amen. Amen. I'm going to talk about focus today. Talk about focus. Our eyes, where we look, what, you know, what, meaningful focus today not just what we're aware of or what we see it's so, it's so hard to, to be aware of stuff have, and I, I didn't used to be like this but have you as an adult you know ages you know 17 all the way up to 99 have you ever got to a store or to church and then kind of been freaked out because you don't remember a thing about the drive and you're like oh I don't remember a single turn I don't remember even getting in the car I don't know what happened and I'm here and that scares me because I don't know what version of me was driving you know or like you know if my mind's so not in it what yeah what is going on that that scares me because sometimes you know I'll get I'll be at the store I'll be like you know why am I here what am I doing <laughs> You know who am I? You know, and, and but seriously, you can get so rote, R O T E. I think is how you spell it. that's that's whenever you just kind of get into a, a rhythm of doing stuff, and then you 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 pull up to church and you're like, okay, I'm here. I don't, I don't remember a single turn. I don't remember any of the traffic. I don't remember what road I took. I don't know nothing. Whoo! And it kind of freaks me out that I can do that, but it really illustrates how easy it is to not focus on what you're doing and to just get into a habit. And I'm like, man, what is my you know, do you ever get there that way with your Bible reading or with your prayer life and you're like, oh, I, what have I been doing? I know, I know I believe I should do this and I know this is an important part of my life but I don't really know what I've been doing for the last three, four days like you know I've been just kind of off you know just going through the motions and often you know haven't really focused on what's important. I was out with uh, my father, dad, we were out there the girls were doing some shopping and so you know we went shopping and when we go shopping it tends to be more, Rural King and uh, you know, Ollie's—that little, the little bargain place. because some good deals there. Hey, Amen. We got them all. We got the good deals. We were looking. At, I was looking at a gun. I've been saving up. Uh, I sold one of mine, and uh, and I've been saving up. And you know, anytime I do that, the one I'm going to get is more expensive. Sister Polly knows that. That's how it kind of goes. Like I will sell one, but you know, the next one's going to make you pay for it. And there's this one that I really, really like, uh, Brother Johnny. It's a uh, so it's a, it's a Kimber Micro 9 with a crimson trace. You know what that is? Anyone know what that is? It's got a laser dot on it, okay? And, uh, you, know, it's for, you know, for self-defense, it's real small. Um, and uh, it's, it's for self-defense. It's got a crimson trace. And so we were in there in the store playing with it, and I'm saying, oh, man, I got I to gotta do some more chores before I can afford this. So I didn't get it. And I was still got to be saving up my money for a special, you know, special little purchase. The Crimson Trace laser. And you know why I wanted it? Because I wanted to make sure if I ever had to use it, I would know where it was going to go. Because I'm not a horrible shot, but, uh, you know, I wanted to know for sure that I could put that dot on something and know. And know. Give me that kind of focus. It's good to know what you're focused on. It's not that I'm a bad shot. I just want to know that if I have to use it, my focus is perfect because that is a high stake. And my job today is to help you to focus your mind, focus your prayer, and focus your faith on what's important. Because life is too short, heaven is too close, and hell is too real to live out of focus. I said life is too short to be off doing a bunch of nonsense. And just letting our days and our weeks and our month and our calling and our whole seasons go by without really digging in and doing what we're called to do and, 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 and just going after God and the things of God and the things that He's created you for. Life is too short for that. Heaven is too close for that. And the eternal destiny of people who you've been called to minister to, to lead, to make an impact on, hell is too real to lose focus as a child of God. Am I right? Hell is just too real to play games and to get sidetracked as a church with a vision that, that, that doesn't center. And I appreciate Brother Parker just speaking truth, speaking vision about, about what we're trying to accomplish here. It's good to hear those things and to focus on those things. We're not just here to check our box and, just, and have a meal and, and worship and enjoy each other's company. We're here about souls. And everything that we do as a church, has got to be about keeping the focus on Jesus Christ and the souls that he shed his blood to redeem. Amen? That's what I want to do today. Now, Matthew 14, 22. Matthew 14 and 22. Jesus is coming off another long shift of healing and ministry. You ever thought about it like that, right? That's his job. Just ending the shift. Um, he come, you know, he just, just clocks out, tries, tries to clock out. You never clock out when you're Jesus. There's some people who are on salary. You know what I'm talking about. You know, like, just, there's no clock out. and you, You're always on car. It could be that you would have to come in for an emergency. Jesus tries to clock out and immediately made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when the evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Dangerous. Dangerous situation. Um, it's being tossed by the waves. This is a small boat, a boat that's normally just kind of around the, the coast. It's around, you know, just around the shore. They're fishing, you know, in the in the shallows for the most part, and they're in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the body of water, and they're getting in trouble. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. Amen. What is it that what, what is in your situation that you think Jesus can't come to where you are? That Jesus' hands don't belong in the situation that you are in? Because it's not a Bible thing. This is a real life thing. This is my thing. And so I, you, Jesus can't. You know, well, I, I understand that he can do miracles, but this is a this is if he can walk on the water, he can he can walk where he wants to. He'll walk through the door. And the walls. He'll walk out of the grave. He'll walk where he's welcome. Amen? You're right. But immediately, or let's see, now the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. Lighten up. Be happy. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered to him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. That's normally where I, that's the exit I normally take because I love to preach about that portion of scripture. We'll continue on. So Jesus said, come. What did Jesus say? He said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water. To go to Jesus, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me! And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you so much for this uh, opportunity to share your word, to preach, and to be, uh, to be good ground, to choose what we're going to do with it, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit will just move and uh, speak some things that maybe me as just a humble a preacher, I don't even know. I don't even understand because I didn't know what their situation was like. But your Holy Spirit can speak far and away more than the things that man can understand. The answers that I can apply in my own knowledge, Lord, we thank you for your word because it's supernatural. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, here's what I want to get to. We're talking about focus, keeping focus on things that are important, how important that is to, to lock eyes on the goals and on the calling, particularly on Jesus. There's nothing that you need to focus on more than Jesus. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, everything else in your life are going to work out. If you focus on Jesus hard enough, then you're going to focus on his teachings. And so whatever financial trouble you may be in, if you focus on Jesus and you begin to focus on his teachings and he teaches you about how to walk in favor, walk in faith, how to practice stewardship, you're going to be all right in that area. And he is going to cause things to materialize if he has to. He, if you focus on Jesus, it'll come into It'll come into being. He will come to your assistance. He will bless you. He will guide you through it. It doesn't matter what kind of physical condition you are. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Focus on Jesus. However, I want to. I need to preach this. However, I know. Focus on Jesus. That sounds like something a preacher would say, right? That's a pretty, pretty preachery angle to take. Focus on God. But I want to tell you today, um, you're allowed to be aware of the waves. Okay? You're allowed to be aware of the waves. And the reason why I feel like I need to say that is because some of us have either been impacted by, or probably some of us have even practiced this deal where uh, we, we get into the fake, uh, cheesy, cheesy, everything's fine, everything's perfect all the time, because I'm a Christian, and I know I have to say that, and I don't feel that way, and I really, honestly, I'm falling apart on the inside, and I'm like, I'm just barely hanging on by a thread sometimes. Ooh, we've all been through that. Hopefully, you're not living like that all the time. Let's get some victory. Amen. Amen. Let's pray through us, let's, let's walk in some victory, but there are times for all of us whenever it's difficult, and, and there's nothing that kind of devalues, you know, people's struggles, like whenever you act like you never have an issue. You're always great. You know, I'm not aware of any waves. I have Jesus. I'm a Christian. i don't know. You know, it's this cheesy um, thing because you know, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, of this kid. I don't know if it was Anthony or Audrey, whoever it was. Um, but they were convinced they wanted to eat uh, a lemon off the table, right? And and very stubborn. Very stubborn. So um, you know, I want. I want the lemon. I want. It. I want. I want to eat it. You know, whining as they are wont to do. So. Finally, whoever it was, just give her a big old slice of sour lemon. Popped it right in the mouth. Rind and all. Is that what you call that? Peel? Peel? Not a rind. Popped it right in chewing on it. Ben, I'm not just talking about like eating like the, the lemony part, like like the, the other part, like you know, the, the peel, all of that. like that? Is that good? Tastes good? Yes. Yeah, it's good. I love it. Don't want to be wrong. That's what you look like sometimes spiritually. You know that? Aww. Yeah. You doing good? Oh, yeah, brother. I'm good. I'm just, uh, I don't know who I am anymore and I'm falling apart on the inside. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. You're not. You're not that good. You're not. You're not good and... And a newsflash, like we kind of we get the vibe, you know, we're not ignorant. We we understand. We're like, yeah, I don't think so. Like, you you look like you're you're on that limb, and you're oh, it says good. Yeah, you know? yeah. God is good all the time. You know, all the time. God is good. It's yeah, good. It's all good. You're allowed to be aware of the waves. Okay, there are things in life that you're going to walk through that are hard, and uh, and, and you're not always going to feel good. You're always going to you go. Know, God is always good, but the waves aren't, and they don't feel good. And, 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 and there's a time, you know, when Peter is looking around, he's like, this is a problem. I am, like, I'm, I'm worried that the whole ship is going to go down. We're going to die. We're going to sink. And, and the waves are scaring me. And, and you know, the, the reason why I even want to go out to him on the first place is because he's walking on them. You know, I think it's easy for me to think that he wanted to just, woo, you know, do the supernatural. But really what he wanted was to get a hold of somebody who was above them sometimes that's why you need to reach out to God because you see that he is above your problems he is above your struggles his strength is great his power his faith and his faithfulness he is above all my problems so I kind of want to go to where you are God I want to walk with you because these things don't seem to bother you at all you're not scared you're right here we're here you know huddling in the boat you know going back and forth you don't even care you're just walking them I want to walk like you walk I want to walk where you walk because you seem to be above all these things that are killing me That's a lot of why he wanted to get out of the boat. I'm trying to walk like he's walking. Because these waves don't seem to scare him or bother him or threaten him in any way. It's powerful. So Peter, he calls. He says, I want to go out to you. I think it's important, you know, and we don't have to let the wave, we don't have to focus on them. We don't have to give them power and authority because they have none. However, um, I'm aware of my waves. And I don't pretend everything is perfect but I do say this. You know what I do say? In The words of Paul in 2 Timothy 1, 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things, talking about bad things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know who I have believed and am persuaded. That means he doesn't talk me into it. He talked me into it. God, you got me. I believe you. In spite of the trouble, in spite of the turmoil, in spite of the things that I suffer, says Paul, he, when I got a hold of him, whenever I got a vision of him, when I got my eyes on him, he talked me into it. He proved it. He has persuaded me that through it all that he is able to keep what I have committed unto him until that day capital D on that day. What day are we talking about? We're talking about that great and glorious day when all accounts will be balanced, when it all makes sense, when we get to go to somewhere where there'll be no tears shed, where there'll be no more heartache, no more suffering, no more waves because that crystal sea that is promised in the word of God never has bad weather. Amen give you this word right here. I read this the other day. It It wasn't me. Every storm must run out of rain. Somebody ought to take that and run with it. Every storm that has ever existed must run out of wind. But my God will be there when the storm ends. Your storm is time-stamped. Your struggle is time-stamped. It, it, it must end. It's decreed by the, by the Word of God. It, it, it doesn't have the authority to go on and on forever. Jesus, whenever He steps into the situation and speaks, the storm must abate. Must be gone. You know, I, 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 you know, you're allowed to be aware of the waves. I see that giant standing there, but I'm not looking at that giant. I know he's there, but my focus. Is on the God of miracles, and I believe that He can keep anything that I trust Him with. This is important. a little nugget right there. Let me. Let me. I, I want to you know, dig this golden nugget out right there and then help you with it, um, if I can. There's something else in that passage in 2 Timothy. There, He said, "I am persuaded that uh, you know that He is able. You know, in spite of all my suffering, that He uh, He is good. He's able to keep that which I have committed to Him. So, what what will He keep? Yeah." What, what, what will he? Well, what you commit to him. Don't expect him to keep the things that you don't. Right? Your life. He will keep it. He'll keep your soul. He'll keep your finances. Amen. He'll keep your family if it's committed to him. See, sometimes we get mad at him because he didn't keep things that weren't committed in the first place. You didn't give him no, no, no say in the how you, you, you made these decisions. You didn't give him no say in this. You're like, you didn't consider the word of God or the will of God for this. And, so, and, so, and then we say, God, I thought you were going to keep it. Well, you didn't commit that to me. That, you never put that in my bank. And then you're mad because you lost it, right? Bank's only responsible for the deposits you make, not for what you keep out. He's guaranteed, but he'll only keep that which is committed, that part of your life which you've committed to him. You trust him with something, he will prove himself. Amen. Honestly, I believe he can keep anything I trust him with, but everything else is up for grabs. I hope you're strong enough to hold it. So why don't you just commit it all to him? Amen. Now, here in the end here, Peter gets out of the boat. And this is the main thing on focus. Um, at first, the winds and waves are tossing the boat, and Peter sees Jesus, and he asks to step out. This is something that uh, does not get a lot of, of, of press, right? It doesn't get a lot of uh, focus. It doesn't, uh, it's not like the highlight. Obviously, when you have people out walking on the water, that's kind of the big deal in the story, right? You're like, oh, we'll focus on that. However, let's focus on this real quick. He asked the Lord Jesus... Call me to come to you. Don't get out of the boat until you've heard from God. Amen. Don't don't get out of the boat until you've heard from God. Use wisdom and discretion. You need to consider Him and His will. Don't jump out of the boat until you have heard from God. You know, um, there 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 are places and churches and religions where uh, where they will handle snakes. Have you ever heard of this? Some of you know what I'm talking about. They, they will do this because they'll take this one Bible verse that's totally out of context. Young people, listen, to this is crazy. I'm not kidding. Um, there's this passage of scripture in the Bible um, where, you know, the, the word of God is teaching about how God can, is the God of miracles and how whenever uh, you follow him, he has the power to keep you and he can, and Paul actually, whenever he's shipwrecked, um, he's picking up all these sticks and all these, you know, the firewood and a snake jumps out and bites him on the hand. And Paul actually, instead of dying, even though it's a poisonous snake, he throws it in the fire You it's know, saying, ah. he throws it in the fire and it's consumed. And then all the people are like, and eh, he's dead. You know, making that weird eye contact. You know, they're like, oh, you all right? I'm glad you're feeling Dude, he's gone. Dude, he is dead. He is dead. That was, that was one of those. It was a poisonous snake. We know what happens when you get bit like that. And then he kind of goes off on his own, takes, you know, goes to sleep. And everyone's like, uh, Paul's gone. He's a goner. I saw it. There's two fangs. Like, it was a poisonous snake. He shook it off in the fire. He's dead. And the next morning, he's like, oh, how are you guys doing? They're like, "Whoa. Oh. God has caused you to survive this because your mission wasn't complete. Because God had called you to go and do something and he wouldn't let anything come against you and destroy any attack of the enemy until your mission was complete. Now Paul will eventually die a martyr's death. However, the enemy doesn't have the authority to derail the obedient child of God from their calling. So that's kind of like the thought here, and 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 the Bible says you know if you know if they you know even if they drink poisonous stuff that won't kill them, and and if they you know a poisonous snake bites them, um that won't even kill them as you know whenever because I have the power to heal whenever they're doing my I have healing power, and so these knuckleheads will get all these poisonous snakes and actually bring them into a real church and then hold them and you know to prove their faith, so you know it's it's pitiful, it's very very far out of context and it's messed up, um, but they will do that. That is what I like to call getting out of the boat without uh, orders. Right? You know, Peter's not stupid. I mean, he's a little ignorant. He's not dumb. You know, he, he's ready to jump out of the boat, but only when he hears God. He's like, I'll jump out of here, but I need to hear you say it. You know? That's how we need to be as Christians. I will follow God. I will do this thing. I will follow in the, in the way that you've taught me. I will answer the call that you placed on my life. But I need to hear you say it, God, because I can't do this on my own. I don't want to be the guarantor of my own story here. I want to do what you want me to do, no more, no less. See, and the thing with those snakes that I was talking about is if you, uh, here's a good way to think about this if you pack the snakes, you can pack the miracle go for it. Not really. Don't do, ever do that. But the point is, if you supply the need, it's your responsibility to supply the miracle. Now, God will, will, will do supernatural things and powerful things. He, he is a miracle worker. Uh, but if you're doing it just to uh, disobey the word of God, which says, tempt not the Lord thy God, and you just get out there tempting God, then if you if you're going to supply the snake, you can supply the miracle. That's a good way to think about that last thing that you want is a bunch of people trying to act that way right hear from God when you make your decisions in life what you focus on hear from God he will speak you might have to fast you might have to push the plate back a little bit here and there come on somebody you might have to get serious. You might have to you know, set away some things that are distracting in your life. You might have to really focus on Him. You might have to get serious with God and do some fasting and some deep praying and some travailing. You might have to, uh, you might have to get in your prayer closet of you don't have one in the first place. You need to make one. Clear a spot in your home where you can spend time with God in serious prayer hearing from Him. Hear from God before you get out of the boat now we're almost done here we got two thirds done here the problem with Peter is that he changes focus changes focus now the Greek word um, that's used in this passage of scripture is, uh, is blepo basically as close as I can come not, not one of the hardest ones so I, I felt confident in that blepo and that's the word you know, for look to look away one of the definitions is to see something physical with spiritual results, right? To see something physical, and then, and then it make a determination spiritually. It carries what is seen into the non-physical realm so a person can take the needed action. So it basically, it takes you, you, it takes what you see with the physical into the spiritual realm, and then a decision is made and something spiritually changes, right? So whenever you see something, like you see some money there and you know, it's, it's not just a simple physical act of taking it or not taking it and you decide to, you know, to pick it up and put it in your pocket, that was a spiritual decision. What you saw became a spiritual thing because you committed a sin or, or you know, uh, say lust. You, know, you can see and be aware of it. Ooh. Ooh. That's different than ooh. Right? That's some preaching right there for somebody. Amen. There's a difference between, "oh" and because this word, the connotation of this word means now that you have seen it, you make a spiritual determination, make a spiritual decision whether or not you're going to actually partake or whether or not you, you know, what you're going to do, what is only material and only physical has now become spiritual in its connotation and its result. That's the word. It isn't just an external awareness because he was already aware of the waves, right? We're still talking about Peter. He already knew the waves were there. That's why he wanted to get above him in the first place. So he understands, he knows the waves are there. So what changes? Obviously, think about this real, hang with me just a second. Peter is walking out there and he sees that the waves are boisterous like he didn't know already, right? Like, he didn't understand that. Like, that's why we're out of the boat in the first place. That's why we asked. That's why, you know, I didn't want to stay in there because I was afraid he was going to sink. That's, I saw you. I knew the waves were bad. That's why I wanted out. So what changes? in this word, um, it's used in Matthew. See, we're in Matthew 14, right? It's also used in Matthew 5 and 28. And it's talking about uh, Jesus' rebuking a Pharisee saying, um, a man who looks at a woman with the purpose of lusting after her has committed it already in his own heart. And it's the same word there. Purposefully to look. Not just to be aware. I mean, you know. Not just to to know that that somebody is there. You know, know, okay, I just pass on with my day. But I'm talking about focusing in on the thing. Focusing in on it. That's the same word. This little blepo word. to, To look to focus. It's also used two chapters later in Matthew 7. And Jesus. Is again kind of rebuking Pharisees. He spends a lot of time doing that, don't he? Matthew 7 and 3, he's saying if you you are focusing on a splinter or a speck in your brother's eye and you've got a two by four in yours, right? In KJV, it is a, a moat, if you like that better, since you guys use that every day. There's a Right there. There's a moat in your eye, but there's a beam in your own. So you're finding little problems with other people, and you got major issues that you should be focusing on. Same word, the focus. He's like your focus should. You're, you're so laser focused on other people's little problems and little issues and things that you think they can do better that you're missing this gigantic, obvious problem in your own life. Peter began to rap. His faith around his focus. I'm almost done here. I'm almost done. Hang with me. We're going to bring it to a close. This is so important. Peter does something while he's out walking on the water. He wraps his faith around his focus. And we do that. Now, have you ever been um, trying to pass a semi or having one pass you? Right? The one thing you do not want to do, don't. Stare at the semi. Because naturally, what you're gonna do is drift into it if you focus on it. You know this? Have you ever done that? Be like, whoa, you know, you looked at it too long and then it kind of freaked you out for a second. You're like, whoa. Because you will naturally, as a human being, lean into what you focus on. Peter wraps his faith around his focus. And at one point in the story. Bible says he sees Jesus he looks at him and he was aware of the waves but now he's aware of Jesus but he sees the waves the focus has shifted the focus has shifted and he begins to sink you got to get your mind your faith wrapped around him You've got to turn your eyes toward Jesus. You want to know why things seem to be sinking, why things are not working out. You want to know why all these things are assailing you from every direction. What is your focus on? Is it on the waves or is it on Jesus? You've got to wrap your faith around, you've got to where your focus is. You've got to focus on God. Let everything else go by the wayside if you have to, but get to Jesus. Even if you don't even hardly know how right now, even if you are feeling like, I don't even know where to start, cry out to Him. That's what Peter did. He cries out to Him and says, Lord, help me. What does Jesus do? He re- immediately, I like that word, right? This is not a trial basis. This is not go through, jump through nine hoops and then come to church for six months and start paying your tithes and do this and this before Jesus helped. Immediately he reached out and he drew him up. Get your focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Because wherever your focus is, that's where your heart is, that's where you're going never preached that you can't be aware of the struggles and the issues and the problems. He was aware but the moment his eyes left the master focus on Jesus